is Conversational Commerce, the podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends by talking shop with the Retail Dive team, thought leaders, and executives. Today on the show, we're keying in on a category with a market potential anticipated to sprout up to $100 billion by 2025. As you might have guessed, I'm talking about online grocery. While the category currently only makes up between 2% to 4% of grocery sales, depending on various estimates, online grocery is the next major retail sector to be disrupted by e-commerce. Since Amazon's $13.4 billion acquisition of Whole Foods, which rocked the industry in 2016, competition is heated up when it comes to selling fresh produce online. And of course, the big retail players can't afford to lose out on such high-frequency purchases. Today, Amazon grabs about 18% of the share of online grocery, according to a study from OneClick Retail, while Walmart steals about half as much. But it's important to keep in mind that Walmart has a few powerful competitive advantages that Amazon and other e-commerce players don't. For one, it's the largest grocer in the country. And secondly, there's a Walmart store within 10 miles of 90% of the U.S. population. That's been a critical part of making online grocery work at Walmart, if you ask Tom Ward. He's the Senior Vice President of Digital Operations, Online Grocery, and Last Mile. I wanted to learn more about how Walmart is positioning itself to win in online grocery, and specifically, how stores come into play. So I recently called up Tom from his office in Bentonville, Arkansas, and what was clear from speaking with him was that Walmart is doing a lot of experimentation in the space right now, with everything from driverless car delivery to in-store robots. And while not all projects work perfectly from the start, the company is learning a lot about what grocery delivery will look like in the future. calling in today. Hey Corinne, how are you? I'm doing great. Um, well, judging by your accent, it's pretty clear you're not from Arkansas, but you are based there now. In fact, you got your start in your career in about 2007 at the UK-based grocery chain and it's a Walmart subsidiary, Asda. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your roots in grocery and in the UK and how that's influenced your current role now? Yeah, so absolutely right. Not, not a native to Northwest Arkansas. So yeah, I actually joined ASDA uh, through their really great uh, graduate program that they have uh, straight out of college. And so I got the opportunity through that program to work in a whole bunch of uh, field-based management roles, you know, running everything from grocery departments to fresh food uh, through to eventually being a store manager in various locations around the kind of central England area. Uh, I got the chance to work in the UK home office in a, in a team called Central Operations. That was a great experience because those guys basically focus on making life simpler for stores. And then eventually got the chance to work in our international segment over here in the US, uh, where I uh, learned a whole bunch of uh, great things about our markets around the world and the different operating models Walmart has before eventually uh, settling on the US side of the business and then focusing on our e-commerce and specifically our online grocery growth, uh, which is what we're doing right now. So how different has it been, you know, going from the model in the UK to in the US? What's the most, you know, different kind of aspect of that business? So it's remarkably similar. I mean, you know, people, customers want uh, great value. They want low prices and they want uh, convenience and access to all those those products, you know, all over the world in, in the Walmart state. Specifically from the UK, that the store is obviously a lot smaller. 
so the, the traffic, the density there, they feel a lot busier. And so we developed a really good muscle over in Asda to how do you pick online grocery orders in a super efficient way, you know, in tight windows and, and get them to our customers. And so we took that learning on the U.S. Uh, side where the stores are a lot bigger. Obviously, you get loads of customer traffic through the doors. Um, so we can use those learnings from those uh, smaller intense markets and uh, and apply that same uh, understanding here in the US and develop a really good customer proposition. You know, you've been a grocery for a while now, but it seems like as a sector, the bigger companies are coming around more to online and, you know, especially from Walmart, big box stores to smaller players like Instacart, getting better about tackling issues of spoilage when it comes to last mile delivery. There's been a significant amount of investment in that space at Walmart. Why do you think there's so much disruption happening right now? I think people's demands are just changing. You know, our customers want access to great prices and products as it, as it suits them. And so online grocery shopping specifically, obviously, we see huge growth in that area. Um, and you called out a really important point, which is the the product quality. So we, uh, we really pride ourselves at Walmart in our unique kind of point of difference, which is our, our personal shoppers. And, you know, we always say who wouldn't want a personal shopper, right, picking their groceries for them on their behalf in a way that suits their, their busy uh, daily needs. And so we actually train those associates in how to do exactly that, you know, how to pick the best quality produce, uh, meat products, bakery products, to ensure that when the customer gets them home, they're just as happy with them as they would have been um, you know, if they pick them themselves. So that's kind of our secret source is, you know, that workforce of uh, personal shoppers out there trying to deliver a great service. And, you know, the better we get at it, the more we see our customers lean in. And, and that sort of reflects in the uh, in the really aggressive acceleration we've driven at Walmart in this uh, online grocery space. I think the one challenge when it comes to that is, you know, building that trust so that the person believes that the picker that's picking out the avocados and the apples is picking out the best ones. How do you build that trust with customers? It's absolutely um, important to get that level of trust. So this is all founded in the training that our personal shoppers go through. You know, we, we make sure that we take them through all these different understandings to say, look, you're picking somebody's shopping on their behalf. And so we have really stringent outlines that we can deploy through the technology that our associates use uh, once they've gone through their training that helps them make the right decision at the shelf edge, helps them pick the product with the right amount of life on it so that when the customer gets it home, you know, just like you and I would as we went into the store ourselves, they think about meal planning throughout the week. And so we have to make sure that the products that arrive at the curbside or the, the uh, customer's front door are exactly right for that customer and so far it looks like we're getting that right because we actually see a really high penetration uh, in online grocery for fresh products and continue to see that growth and so i'm pleased that our teams are doing a good job of, of filling this gap for customers and, and making sure that we can deliver that that level of convenience i'm curious where we're at in the life cycle of you know walmart doing online grocery what percentage of the grocery business is online now and where do you hope to be in five years from now so I think as an industry, the, you know, the proportion of online grocery business is probably pretty small by comparison to big box stores. And, you know, the big box uh, store for Walmart, the Supercenter and the convenient neighborhood market, they're going to continue to play an extremely important role for us because essentially they operate as the miniature fulfillment center for our online customer. You know, the product that you buy online 
um, is picked from the exact same shelf that a physical customer would select an item from if, if they walk through our doors. So the role of the store is extremely important. There's various uh, views of how much of this business will, will move online over the next five years, depending on you know which paper you read or who you believe. Uh, but it's a substantial amount as we get towards uh, kind of the 2025 timeline. And so what we're focused on is making sure that when customers need us to be in that space, we can be and we are. And that reflects in the uh, in the aggressive rollout plans that we've been pursuing, you know, such as adding an extra thousand stores to our estate this year. Yeah, I want to talk about some of those expansion plans. A lot of it seems to be really rooted in technology and how you can use technology to make a lot of these things easier. So there's a couple things I wanted to touch on. The first being pickup. It's one of the biggest expansions that I've seen is those very big, obvious orange pickup towers that are popping up in stores. After an initial pilot run of 170 towers, Walmart announced it would roll out 500 by the end of the year. So what are you learning so far from that test? The pickup tower is a really cool piece of innovation because it truly does exactly what we, we hear our customers ask for which is it saves them time, right? People go online and they buy things and they and they opt for free pickup because it's convenient for them. Um, but the old experience was that you, you would wait at a counter and, you know, the associate would re- retrieve your product. Um, and that always took longer than the customers uh, wanted to wait. And so the tower really bends the curve on that experience. It's basically a giant vending machine. So we uh, experimented, like you said, you know, in, in a number of sites, and what we see is, you know, customers place their order online, they select for free pickup, they get notified once their product has uh, come in store, been picked from the shelf and loaded into the tower, and then they're free to come and collect it whenever they choose. And so when they walk in, they scan their uh, their cell phone or they enter in their confirmation number, and in less than 10 seconds, their product is retrieved through the automated crane system and dispensed through the front of the tower, and they are good to go. And so we see kind of off the charts experience with this uh, this piece of technology. It's really working well for us, and it's doing exactly what the customer needs. and And that's why you know when when Walmart sees something that works, uh, you know they get behind it and they drive it quickly, like only Walmart can. It's funny to see something like a vending machine, which is certainly not new technology, be you know modernized to be used in this kind of a way. It seems like it's going well so far. What are the challenges that you're still noticing as you know you're you're tweaking things and rolling this out to more stores? Yeah, I mean honestly, it, it's working really well, and the the only challenge we're coming up against in our you know, in our busiest stores is, you know, how do we uh, how do we maintain the, the level of interest that customers have in this technology? And, you know, how do we get even more packages and make this even more efficient for customers as demand continues to grow really aggressively? And sometimes, you know, it's the funny things like not every item will fit inside the tower. So a recent innovation that we're now rolling out as a standard piece of the exercise is a series of lockers that go next to our towers and so if the item is oversized or it won't fit inside that facility, you know, it might even be a 50-inch television, we can actually load it inside a locker. The customer can go through the exact same process and scan their cell phone or enter their number into the tower panel. But if their item's contained in a the locker, they'll be notified and the door will pop open you know, next to them and they can take that item and get on their way. So mm-hmm. we're constantly finding new ways to increase capacity, make best use of space, Um, and get as many different items inside that uh, technology as possible. 
Yeah, I, I wanted to move on to another kind of pickup technology. It's a new one called Alphabot, which is being piloted in Salem, New Hampshire, in a store up there. The service, as I understand it, uses autonomous mobile carts to gather items from a storage system located in the back of the store and deliver them to associates to pick them up, assemble them, and then deliver them to customers' cars. So tell me a little bit about this and you know what the pain points are that you're trying to solve for. Absolutely, yeah. We're really excited about our partnership with Alert Innovation and specifically their partnership uh, in the development of the Alphabot system. Um, and essentially, it's a space next to the supercenter that's going to house this system. And this is a real-life supercenter, you know, with customers moving in and out and actually has online grocery live right now in its current form. But when we bring this system on live, the customers who shop in that store will see the personal shoppers disappear from the sales floor because we'll actually house thousands of items inside the Alphabot system. And our personal shoppers and our pickers will actually use the picking stations in the technology uh, to pick really high-density uh, orders, which is going to give great experience to customers because the item is stored, whether it's dry, whether it's frozen, or whether it's fresh inside the system. And then they pick those orders in a dense fashion, which really bends the curve on our pick rate. Uh, in fact, it's 10 times faster than our, than our sales uh, floor associates. And then the second stage in online grocery is once you've picked an order, you have to store it somewhere. And so the dense storage system inside the Alphabot unit will take that order away and it will store it until the time the customer's coming to pick it up. At that point, it will consolidate the order across three temperature bands if necessary, and it will put the order out to the associate who can then deliver it to the customer. Now, eventually, we're going to automate that final step, and that's something we're experimenting in across the Walmart estate. And so we'll have automated pick, automated storage, and automated dispense for the customer, all, of course, to drive uh, ultimate convenience at the end of the day. So how do you imagine this will shuffle around or affect store associates? Do you imagine there will be less of a need for as many, or will this kind of shuffle around duties in the store? Yeah, so it just changes the role that the associate plays. You know, the people that were once walking the sales floor will now be interacting with this innovative technology in the back of house. They'll be dispensing orders. And until, uh, in fact, a couple of weeks ago in early October, we didn't actually offer online grocery into, at, at that store. So this is a relaunch where we've bought and board new associates to operate in this role. And we're really excited as we continue to lean hard into our online business we have over 30,000 associates in a brand new job code of personal shopper. We have exciting new roles like regional e-commerce managers that just simply didn't exist a couple of years ago. So as these businesses grow both in-store and online, we're excited about the opportunities it's going to bring for our associates. Mm -hmm. um, Walmart's gotten a fair bit of attention for a self-driving car delivery service. It was announced a little bit earlier this summer that's being piloted out in Arizona. You wrote a little bit about this in a blog post at the time, and it's been a couple months now. So what are you noticing in terms of opportunities and challenges there? Yeah, we were excited to announce the partnership with Waymo. They're a great technology provider in the autonomous vehicle space and uh, kind of lead the way. Um, and we have a store in Arizona to your point where we decided to partner together to see what we could both learn. So they have a uh, kind of close group of people that use Waymo vehicles for everything in their day-to-day -day life. Um, and now that includes Walmart grocery pickup. So what we're interested to see is, you know, how does the store interact with autonomous vehicles? And so we're learning a whole ton of things, but primarily 
We're excited about what autonomous uh, vehicles might do for us in the future to bring even more convenience to, to customers, especially busy families. I'm curious, you know, where you see the future of Walmart grocery and, and pickup as it connects to stores. In September, it was reported that uh, Walmart might be considering pickup only grocery in a little town outside of Chicago in Illinois. Can you talk a little bit about what that concept would aim to do? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you look at the Walmart U.S. footprint, it, it's a formidable uh, physical retailer. You know, we're within 90% of most of, of Americans are within, you know, 10 minutes of a Walmart store of some sort. And so we really see that physical footprint as a huge strategic advantage for us as it relates to the online grocery space. Because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we see our stores as our fulfillment centers for online grocery spread across the United States. It's allowed us to really scale this business rapidly uh, and it allowed us to to meet huge volume demands from our customers as, as the popularity grows. And so you'll continue to see us experiment with how do we take that volume and that demand? How do we sweat that asset and how do we move into you know new and different spaces um, to fulfill our customers' requirements? So you know we have operations in New Orleans where we pick our grocery orders, a well-established super center, and we actually transport them to a smaller town around 30 to 40 minutes away from that super center where customers don't actually have access to a Walmart store. And we see huge demand for that version of pickup, what we call a standalone pickup location. Um, it's really exciting to see customers get access to those prices where previously you know, they, they just didn't have the ability to, to get to shop with us because it's simply too far. And so wherever our customers want us to be, that's where we're going to aim to meet them. Um, and so you should definitely expect to see more of that from us in the future. What's the most exciting part of this for you, Tom? I mean, you've been in grocery for uh, you know, enough time to see online change a whole lot. What's the most interesting part for you personally? I think for me personally, the exciting thing is just to see this massive transformation that retail has, has been on. You know, uh, since uh, the time that I've, I've worked in this space throughout my career, you know the, the role the store plays is truly evolving, um, and you know you can see you can see from our you know reports that our traffic foot traffic continues to to grow, which is really exciting. But customers have busy lives, and convenience means different things now than it used to. You know customers look to us to save time as well as money, and so what excites me the most is how we work with all of these innovation partners or different kinds of innovation focus to, to deliver even more convenience, um, however our customers uh, want it. And for me, the key is that this is never a binary discussion. You know, people don't move from shopping in stores to shopping online to receiving deliveries. They, they kind of dip in and out of each of those key uh, use cases as their lives kind of dictate. And so the thing that excites me the most is how do we ensure that we're there for them however they need us? And how do we lean into new and different technologies to allow that to be better, cheaper, faster, simpler, um, and more exciting to engage with? We're great. Well, thank you so much for calling in for the show today, Tom. Appreciate your time. No, you bet. It's really great to have the discussion. Thanks for having us. There's no doubt that online grocery is a major new frontier for Walmart and for the industry at large. In many ways, what Walmart does has a ripple effect on grocers and other mass merchants alike. 
To get a better sense of how what Walmart is doing fits into that larger picture, I called up my colleague Jeff Wells in Seattle. He's an editor on Retail Dive's sister publication, Grocery Dive, and he's been covering these trends for a while now. I've reached him by Skype. Hey Jeff, how's it going in Seattle? It's going pretty well. How are things in D.C.? I just got off the phone with Tom Ward, who you know is Walmart's VP of Digital Operations, Online Grocery, and Last Mile. And we talked a lot about the new efforts that they're doing to beef up, pun intended, their online grocery business in a way that connects online and in-store in this kind of perfect omni-channel world. So the company, which I'll remind everyone is the largest grocer in the country, is making a lot of interesting moves online. But I wanted to get your perspective as kind of the resident grocery geek in the office on the landscape <laughs> of the market. And you know, what are the opportunities and challenges that lie ahead in this market? Where are we at in the phase of online grocery and who are the major players and how does Walmart fit in there? Yeah, well, it's still pretty early in online grocery. You know, estimates have uh, you know it taking up anywhere between two and five percent of the market, um, but things are heating up pretty quickly, and it's becoming a competitive tool uh, for some grocers, especially for Walmart. Uh, you've seen a lot of grocers uh, really accelerate their involvement um, after Amazon bought Whole Foods. Um, I think that that really ticked up interest in the industry. Uh, and the major players are, you know, the major supermarkets, uh, Kroger, uh, Walmart, obviously, um, Amazon, Whole Foods, Albertsons. Uh, you're seeing Aldi come online uh, as well, uh, and they're a really strong player right now. Uh, but what you're also seeing is, is still, despite uh, that accelerating interest, I think grocers are still mainly focused on their store experience and also just trying to figure out, you know, how do they mend these two worlds of, you know, offline and, and online sales into an omni-channel experience? Yeah. I mean, it follows uh, broader retail trends as well, right? I mean, you still see just under 90% of sales still happening in brick and mortar stores. So it makes sense that a lot of that focus is still on the stores. And I thought that was interesting in talking to Tom that there's a lot of focus on, you know, how the online business relates to the stores. So uh, hoping to get into um, some of that later. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the economics of online grocery. We know it's a razor-thin margin business, so how does a company like Walmart make money off of it? I think what the advantage that they really have um, is scale and their ability to innovate in the space. I, I think for them, in a lot of ways, it's a customer acquisition tool. Uh, Walmart has really been a leader in the grocery space in offering uh, in-store pickup. They have around 2,000 of their stores, which is close to half of all of their locations that have uh, free uh, order pickup. And what they've said is that that's a really, uh, that's bringing in a lot of new customers for them. I think they've said 30% of the customers that use that service are new ones for them. So that just brings people into the Walmart ecosystem. And then I think, you know, beyond that, uh, they're looking at driving down costs uh, I think as a lot of grocers are, it's still, you know, like you said, it's a low margin industry and uh, figuring out how to profit is still very difficult, but there's a lot of money being spent uh, and innovation going on um, trying to, to figure that out. But it seems to be uh, a game that really favors the large players like the Walmarts, Amazons, to an extent, uh, Kroger uh, and, and Instacarts out there. 
So we heard from Tom, he spoke about, you know, some of the new initiatives like tower pickup, um, which you talked about, buy online, pick up in store. Those are all specific to Walmart. But I wonder, you know, as you're looking at the landscape broadly, what are the biggest trends that you've been keying in on? I've been interested to see how home delivery and store pickup fit together. Those are the two uh, main fulfillment channels right now. Uh, and wondering, you know, which one of those will drive growth in the future? I think they both ultimately meet distinct consumer needs. Uh, you see with pickup, uh, a lot of times it's preferred by customers who are commuting home and want to stop by a store on their way home from work. Uh, delivery, there's a consensus that that seems to offer kind of the ultimate convenience, but there's still a lot to figure out around that in terms of, you know, cost, uh, you know, what do you do if people aren't home, things like that. Yeah. Um, and then also just looking at something that Tom touched on, uh, which are fulfillment models uh, like automation. As demand for online grows, you've got a lot of most grocers right now are focused on this model where the store is the warehouse and workers go through the aisles and pick products, package them up and take them out to consumers. But as demand grows, uh, it can put a strain on those stores. And so uh, looking at models like automation, uh, using dark stores, things like that, that um, that can make uh, that can make delivery faster, more efficient over time. Yeah, it looks like there's much more investment in technologies that are trying to smooth out that process, automate it, as you said. So in terms of what Walmart is doing right now, how are customers reacting so far to some of these pilots? And what are competitors doing in reaction as well? I mean, has there been a ripple effect within the market? Yeah, no, absolutely there has. I think I think Walmart is in so many of these major markets um, across the country. Uh, you know, I cited the 30% figure. I, I think a lot of competing grocers see that if they're not offering online grocery, uh, then that's an opportunity for Walmart to pick off their customers, mm -hmm. and they don't want that. So everybody from, you know, large players like, you know, an, an Albertsons, um, a Target, a Kroger, uh, they're having to, you know, they're feeling that pressure, uh, but also it's really falling hardest in a lot of ways on these independent grocers. They don't have the capital to compete with Walmart, but they're forced to still uh, in some ways move online so that they offer that option for their customers. Definitely along with Amazon, Walmart is, is pressuring competitors to invest in online grocery. And, you know, I think it's so much of this is just fascinating for, for customers to watch, I would imagine. Yeah, um, and definitely fascinating in terms of a, a journalist king and on seeing this race kind of evolve mm -hmm. over time. I mean, I think when Amazon bought Whole Foods, that just shocked the entire industry um, of retail at large, right? And so I wonder, you know, what's happened since then? Has Amazon truly become a competitive force in grocery? Well, they still, they're the leader in online grocery uh, with somewhere, I think it's around 18% share right now. And what you're seeing them do with, with Whole Foods stores uh, is they're expanding uh, home delivery from those stores and uh, they're starting to offer pickup services, really leveraging their prime membership in that case. Um, but I think that there are some question marks around, I think, Amazon and their online grocery, their overall strategy. I, I think Whole Foods is a big competitive advantage for them because of how many stores they have across the country. The fact that they can use those cold chain uh, capabilities to you know, store and deliver fresh products. But the broader strategy, Amazon still struggles to build these large, profitable baskets with consumers. Their Amazon Fresh 
which is their online only uh, grocery service has struggled. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have pretty low penetration in private label grocery. That's, that's growing. Um, And, uh, and some of their subscription services haven't really succeeded in getting people really excited. That said, you know, this is Amazon. So they have the ability to invest and innovate at a really rapid pace. Yeah. And the thing with Amazon that I always try to keep in mind is that they can probably afford to lose some money in this business. Um, Oh, no doubt. They're certainly insulated with, you know, the profit that they're bringing in from AWS and so many other ventures that they're involved in um, that might put them in a much different position than even a company like Walmart. Yeah, and I think the way the way that they approach grocery in a lot of ways is different from how you know a Kroger or even a Walmart does um, because you know Whole Foods for them it brings in more of those prime customers, which is what I think what they ultimately want out of this. Right. Yeah, filling that sticky prime ecosystem for sure. I'm curious, mm-hmm. looking forward at the future, what does online grocery look like for Walmart going forward? I mean, they're they're doing a lot of different pilots right now. So I mean, what are the challenges with those, and how do you imagine? And their online grocery strategy will evolve as a as a part of their overall business strategy as a company. Yeah, I think uh, you know as far as challenges, I mean, I think that there is just still there's a lot of experimentation going on in online grocery. You know, figuring out uh, what works uh, and then implementing that in the right way. I think another challenge for Walmart is reaching urban markets. I know that this is an issue, I think, across their uh, non-grocery segment as, as well. Uh, and this is that's an area where Amazon and Whole Foods really have an advantage. Uh, you have seen Walmart establish a distribution center for Jet in, uh, in New York City. Uh, that could be a model for them to learn from. But I think going forward, uh, it's just a question of where consumer adoption is, how that grows, and then how they can respond. Uh, I think customers still are a bit hesitant about buying groceries online. They still have those quality concerns. Uh, I think delivery fees are a big sticking point for them. People don't want to pay, uh, you know, as much as $10 for home delivery, even though it's very convenient. But as, you know, as companies like Walmart, uh, as they address some of those issues, I think you'll see consumer adoption go up. And I think overall for for Walmart, this is where uh, the customer demand is moving. Uh, The demand is accelerating and they want to be in that space and they want to use uh, online grocery to, to grow their sales and just bring more customers into their, like we said, the ecosystem that they have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, it seems like still early days for online grocery, but I'm curious if there will be a point in the future that that's the main focus and the main way that customers get their groceries is from their phone and it arrives at their doorstop. Um, it's possible. I think the store is still positioned to be number one in grocery, but online is still uh, it, it's still growing rapidly. And you know, who knows as as innovation keeps coming into the space where it'll go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to happy to be with you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Conversational Commerce. For all the latest news and trends, subscribe to our free daily newsletter at retaildive.com. And stay tuned for more episodes. Next up, I'll be speaking with Universal Standard co-founders Alex Waldman and Polina Vexler about their collaborations, expanding sizing at J.Crew and Nordstrom, as well as the growth of their own digitally native brand. Until next time, I'm Corinne Ruff, and this was Conversational Commerce.